0: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
2: Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 1053. First off, uh, I hope you are okay during all this craziness right now. I hope you're staying uh, connected, connected, Thankfully, we have technology to be able to connect with other people, so please use that, stay connected, and even though we uh, must be physically isolated at this time, let's not, let's try to not be emotionally isolated as well. I think that's very important for our mental health, so uh, I just wanted to say that really quickly and just let you know that I'm thinking about you and, uh, and hoping that you're okay. Secondly... I think it probably goes without saying but I will say it anyway that, uh, that a bunch of the uh, Wizard Guitar stand-up comedy dates are being moved, which I am more than fine with because uh, public health is the most important thing and I only want people being able to come out when it is safe for them to do so. So uh, obviously I'm sorry that I won't get to see you for the dates that were scheduled for the spring but we will schedule those Uh, To a different time Later in the year And I'll get to see you then Also, uh, I don't know if you heard about this We didn't do Talking Dead last week Because I just didn't Things were rapidly unfolding And we as a group just thought You know what, it's not worth the risk of you know to we were going to do it without an audience and then it just seemed like you know I don't know if this is a good idea there's still you know a few dozen people that come in and put the show together so between our guests and our crew and our staff it just felt like let's let's be as safe as possible and not get everyone together um you know, a, a lot of other shows had started to go dark at that point, And so we just sort of uh, added to that um, because we just felt like it was a responsible thing to do for everyone. If, But when we posted that we weren't going to do Talking Dead... A bunch of people said, well, why don't you just do like, you know, like a webcast version of it. And we talked about it and realized we could do that. (laughs) So we are doing that. Talking Dead will be back um, this next week. Uh, The date on that is Sunday, March 22nd. So the 22nd, it will be uh, Yvette Nicole Brown, Scott Gimple, and a surprise Cast member And uh, and we're gonna We're gonna webcast it And so it'll sort of feel like Half a, you know, it's like it'll have The packages and elements of the show With, you know, like Interviews from the cast that were pre-recorded And then cut back to us uh, All in our homes And so I'm actually excited to Try it that way But um, we hope that you know, and I guess broadly, too, between Talking Dead and these podcasts and The Wall, which is back on NBC, and um, a very uplifting, I might add. Uh, that is now going to be on 8 p.m., uh, 7 p.m. Central on Sunday nights as well. And... We hope that the entertainment is a good distraction for you in the midst of all the craziness and all the the sort of media overload. And and so, you know, to take a step away and, you know, basically have, like, a mental break, we hope we can provide some of that distraction for you. And also, just in the spirit of... Staying home, um, we may or or we will actually start to do some podcasts that will be recorded uh, remotely via, you know, some type of video conferencing software that we're, that we're working on right now. I've never... I've only ever done it one time. Uh, I did it with Warren Ellis, I believe, in 2013 because he was in England. And and that one actually worked out pretty well. But in general, I always thought, oh, no, you. it's always great to be sitting across from people so you can really connect, like, people and see each other. Now that's obviously not really an option. But um, we are still going to, you know, make as many podcasts as we can... Uh, ...via uh, web conferencing, and we're lining up some good guests. So I am hoping that uh, we'll be able to put those out soon... ...and that you won't be able to even tell that we're not sitting across from each other. So business as usual. We'll just keep uh, moving ahead and we'll proceed like everything's uh, totally normal. But in all sincerity, as I said before, um, I hope you're okay. Uh, I hope you're safe. I hope you're comfortable and taking care of yourself... And I hope you are staying home, if it's at all possible. Okay, with that said, let's go to the corkboard. This is from Christopher, who writes, 22 years ago, while I was a student, I envisioned a world of monsters. Uh, I proceeded to spend the following 21 years building worlds and creating monsters from others in the television, film, and tabletop gaming industry. I've designed makeup effects for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, and Firefly. I've created illustrations for Dungeons & Dragons, Magic the Gathering, and Star Wars. I never forgot about my world and it has slowly grown and taken shape over the past two decades. Five years ago, I finally began putting the pieces together and now the Kickstarter for the first book in the Grand Bazaar of Ethra Vandalia series has launched. The books, um, for there's the main book, a coloring book, and a 5th edition compatible D&D stats guide are all 100% complete and are in the printers waiting for the Kickstarter campaign to end I just need everyone's help to get the books printed you can find it on Kickstarter by searching The Grand Bazaar B-A-Z-A-A-R of Ethra Vandalia so uh, well done Christopher and for anyone else out there who has a thing events at ID10T.com is how you would share that this episode is Carrie Elwes, who, by the way, you, you are going to love this man if you didn't already love him. He's literally been in some of the most iconic things um in our culture you know just besides princess bride or like robin hood men in tights or hot shots or like glory um or the crush which is such a fun rewatch uh, my wife and I watched that with a group of friends last year and uh, he and he's he's in so many great series right now he's season 3 of the marvelous mrs Maisel, which is on amazon prime he was just in stranger things um And we had kind of gotten to know each other a little bit from a panel that I moderated, and he's a terrific guy. I was a huge fan of his before. I am now a bigger fan of his now, and uh, he just could not be warmer and funny as fuck. So fucking funny. So uh, this episode... Uh, I I think will uh, entertain and distract you from the world uh, with the incredibly wonderful, charming, and hilarious Carrie Elwes, which is 1053, of the ID10T podcast, which starts right now.
0: Initiating ID10T Protocol.
1: Fantastic. By the way, yes, one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, I, the all fucking, time. the best. It's on right now. Oh, it's on it's somewhere. Playing, it's playing on Stars this month. Oh my god, it's. Uh, so I'm reading. Return, return the map. Yeah, right. I tried to
2: show. I tried to show it. What the bloody
1: hell is going <laughs> on up here?
2: Turn off that light and get to bed. Right. You can quote every line.
3: That's
2: awesome. That movie...
1: It's just a thing on my nose. And...
2: <laughs> so good. So good. Is it absolutely necessary to put... <laughs> he
1: says he's afraid it is.
2: Genius, <laughs> he, right? He punches he's everyone. He hands it. yeah. Genius. Yeah. It's
1: total genius. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, yeah, a
2: lot of people talk about... Uh, you know, obviously, the... the Life of Brian, of course, because sadly Terry Jones just passed oh, no, away. No. But Life of Brian or mm-hmm. uh, any of the other Python films that were in it. but, uh, although Time Bandits was a Gilliam movie, it wasn't Gilliam. a film, but they
1: were in it. They were in it, but everything Gilliam did was genius. I mean, you look at um, like Jabberwocky, yeah, okay, which was actually I think uh, a Gilliam Jones co-production really, mm-hmm. and. Jones and Gilliam both had a, a sensibility about history. Obviously, they're great historians. And that's why all their skits are about Vikings and great big canning right. shots. And what, you know? right. Um But Gilliam was the artist as well. And so he could he could do storyboards. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, when he took over directing um, and became his own voice, he could always count on them coming back and playing with them. But Terry was really the director for... The feature films for, for Life of Brian, and uh, although they all had a hand in it, you know they were all. F- I think uh, I think I think Palin directed
2: Life of you Brian know? because I watched an interview right from a just like a chat show, I from like nineteen seventy right, 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 right. eight or nine or they something. All did, and it was Cleese and Palin who were debating with, like, a bishop
1: and, like, a a Christian conservative broadcaster about who inappropriate
2: inappropriate it was. And and they were like,
1: well, we didn't make it about Jesus. And they're like, come on, of course you did uh, even though Jones gets the credit for it, um, they they (laughs) They all kind of, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, that's how it worked with them. Did you work with them Yeah, Yeah, I made a point of working with them. I I sought them out. I'm I'm blessed enough, as you know, in this career, in, in the lovely career that we have, if you really focus on it hard enough and nudge the universe a little bit, things can happen. And so I got to work with Gleese uh, with on The Jungle Book, the first version. Right. Uh, and uh, with Lena Headey. And then I worked with Eric Idle on um, a kid's movie called Ella Enchanted, which we shot in. Oh, right. right. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, and so I got to work with both of them. So, I'm, you know, I see Eric more because he lives out here. I just saw him the day before Terry passed, actually. It was very sad.
2: And, and what's, what's so fascinating about them as a group is you that, know. you know, when you talk to them, they're like, you know, we only did Python for like a couple
1: of years. You no, know, like, I
2: know. It's, but, such a, it's such a tiny sliver of right. their careers. But they're the Beatles
1: of comedy. Of course they are. You know? Yeah. And they know that. that There'll never be another like that. It. That's it. That's it. <laughs> right time, right group, right, right.
2: Everything. everything, yeah, every, every, everything, everything about it. I love every once in a while I'll rewatch John Cleese giving the eulogy at Graham Chapman's funeral. Right, right, it's hilarious when the, they spill. Re, his oh, ashes. Well, that that was at I think that was, was at the Aspen com, Comedy oh, festival. festival. Right, right, right. John Cleese is giving the eulogy actually at Graham Chapman's funeral. And Saying what a bastard he was. He says what a bastard he was. And he said, <laughs> you know, we, we, of course, were the first. And he's very dry. He's very right, somber. Right. Yeah. You know, we were the first uh, group to, to get to say shit on British television. Right. And Graham would never forgive me if I didn't take this opportunity at a British funeral to th- be the first person to say, fuck. And the <laughs> room just erupts. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just the, yeah. those guys together. They're just, there's no, it was just like a moment in time. Yeah. It was just yeah. a moment, moment in time. time. Yeah. By the way, I'm, I just noticed your Purple Rain shirt. Oh, thank you. Which is...
1: Representing. Fantastic. Thank you. Have you watched Purple Rain recently? Oh, it's great.
2: <laughs> I haven't seen the movie in years. I got to
1: see him live a year before he passed away at the Bell Center in, in uh, Montreal. Yeah. Which is a stadium. It's where they normally play uh, 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 hockey. And... The security came out and they made an announcement, like, absolutely no photographs. Right. They couldn't make everyone turn their phones in, obviously, otherwise it would take too long. But if you take a picture, you will be escorted from the premises. Right. right? It was that kind of thing. Right. And of course, it's Prince. So, <laughs> like, you know, it's like almost 2,000 people in this stadium, right? How are you going to stop 2,000 people from right. at least one person? So they had security guys walking up and down the aisles, you know, checking the entire time to see if you took, if you took a picture. And of course, <clears throat> I thought when I I was checking to make sure that there was no one around, I took out my phone and thought <laughs> I gotta get one because he was a ama- he really was amazing. He actually had an all girl band, right? He, his drummer and his guitars—they were all girls and all women—and he even had a woman on stage whose sole job it was, was to carry a bounce around and make sure he was (laughs) well-lit. I mean, you can't... And I thought, I had to get a picture of that, right? I had to get a picture... I mean, that's so... You can't make that and no one would believe me. So I took out my camera to take a picture of that and I felt an enormous hand on my shoulder. I turn around, this huge security guy is like, come on, time to go. I went, no, please, do." He goes, no, you know the rule. It's time. Let's go. Come on. Right now. Come on. Vas-y. I went, no, please. I'm so sorry. I made a mistake. He's like And I talk my way out of it. Oh, wow. And he goes, I'm watching you. (laughs) You know, it's like that. You You know? You you sort of. Listen, (laughs) do you ever.
2: I've had this conversation with other people before where they're like, you know, there are times when you don't really want to be recognized because right. you're, like, right. eating or you're right, with your right, family or whatever. Right, right, right. And there are times you're like, boy, that could really bail me out yeah, right sure, about sure, now. Sean. You sort of give the profile, huh? Right, How about no, now? Right, no, it right, didn't matter. I, I don't get mad at
1: that. that. For Prince, it
2: didn't matter. Well, he sounded French and it sounded like he was just not going to. Not interested. Li- not interested no, no, at, at all. At all. Uh, I never got to see Prince live.
1: He was amazing. Of course he was. Amazing. And he danced in high heels. Yeah. That was part of uh, the injuries that he sustained is that. Because he wore these these uh, bell bottoms and he hid his heels, he was in like five inch heels. This guy, yeah, jumping up and down and doing splits, and uh, you're like, holy crap! How does anyone do that without shoes? Right, right. Now imagine that in high heels. Well, he was and he was not a tall fellow.
2: Not a tall fellow. But what makes but what's interesting about that, like the, the humanity part of that, is even though he was prince, and even though he under- i believe he did understand that he was prince, yeah, yeah, he still had insecurities, he sure. still had things that sure. were just like he still sure. had stuff about his body that he yeah, probably hated Sure. you know like, he's a human it being it yeah. doesn't matter like yeah. we all yeah. that to me is like that's comforting in the sense- i mean it makes me sad for him, but it's comforting in the sense of like. Yeah, no one. Everyone's got a thing. Even Prince.
1: Yeah, even Prince. Even Prince
2: had right. a thing. Yeah. Had a few,
1: unfortunately. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm glad you got to see
1: him. Yeah. So it was a real gift.
2: You were very sweet the other night because we were at the this Vanity Fair thing, mm. and I saw you when we were walking in. But I'm I just feel bad. Like sometimes I feel like oh, then people don't. They're not going to know. I'm going to walk going and go, hey, and you're like, who are you again? You know. So I just. And you were kind enough to step in and go, hi! And I was like, oh my god, hi, thank you. But I didn't want to... Please. I was I didn't want to bother you. We were about to work together, so I, I thought... Know, I, I know, I know, yeah. I know, but I just didn't, you know... I didn't I'm a fan anyway, I so... Didn't, I wasn't yeah. aware that you yeah. had any... Yes. Because we did this um, really fun panel over Halloween... Right. ...at the Television Academy, and... Um, which was really fun. It was. Actually. Fun. That, was, it a, was. that was a good God, panel. That was funny.
1: That was so funny with, <laughs> with Jake Busey. Jake Busey
2: and, 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 and Ryan and, and, Hurst and, 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 and David.
1: Yeah, so funny.
2: Yeah, Jake was really funny. Jake was really sweet. Funny. He was funny. like a really sweet guy. You know. And you came up and you said hi, and I and you know I was talking to my wife afterwards. I go, like, oh, you know, it was really nice. It was Carrie was re-, like he introduced himself. He was so gracious on the panel because you just you don't ever know like when right. you don't know people. Right. You know, have you been doing a lot of panels lately? Because no. of,
1: <clears throat> I mean, of uh, uh, not so many panels, but a lot of press, obviously. But uh, you know, you're lucky. Uh, if if your show is somewhat successful and, and people want to see it and, and they want to talk to you about it, that's a great thing. I it, know. You know. when you have a show where no one wants to see it, <laughs> nobody wants to talk to you about it, it's really <laughs> quite
2: depressing. No, but there are you people know? who are in the business and I feel like they really... Understandably, there are parts to loathe about that dance, especially right. now in this sort of like clickbait headline, junket, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Uh, whatever. It's just like I feel like everyone's there's these like gotcha moments yeah. you know right and so well we knew that wouldn't
1: happen with you anyway no that definitely and, wouldn't and happen. also it's like a great group of people i was working with i've been very lucky i work with some wonderful people and uh i love to support the shows that i work on yeah i think that's part of the deal that you when you sign on you have to support them yeah whether the product is something you admire or not that's also that's part that's part of the acting you know, game in it's a way totally yeah you know and and you have to help sell the product that's part of you know, you're an ambassador for that product. Right. You know, whether you think you are or not, right. you are. Right. And even if you think you're not, you're still an ambassador for that project. So. But I
2: also feel like that like yeah. when you see people who've continued to work consistently throughout yeah. the years, like you have, I, I always kind of know internally like they also must be like a really cool person because it you know, it you just you wouldn't continue to be employed that many years if you were difficult to work with, people would just be like, ah, you know. But you've, you've worked on some of the, literally Thank some you. of the most iconic Thank things you. in our culture. And Thank not just you. Princess Bride, but, but you. you know, men in tights and Twist, like all these really fun, different types yeah. of things. Yeah. So what? where did you, when you started out, what did you think your career was going to be? Did you think, well, I'm going to do theater, I'm going to do well, like.
1: It's funny, we started out talking about. Monty Python because they were very influential. Comedy was a great influence on me and growing up as a kid. We only had two channels in England. Right, two. Right. Okay. BBC One and BBC Two. You had to get up and change the channel, and then I, because we were three kids growing up, and I was the youngest. I was the guy who had to hold the aerial. You know, and, and so I could, and sometimes I'd be behind the TV, so I couldn't see what was going on. It was just, that's how ancient I am, Chris. You had to and get
2: the aerial in the, in the way right, in the,
1: the you had to catch the signal. Yeah, and that often meant missing the show. Yep. Anyway, so when I when we did figure out how to jerry rig it with tape and uh, duct tape and stuff like that, and, and move it around that way, <clears throat> TV became my friend. And that's where I saw it as being a magic lantern as a kid. I'm like, I've got to get inside that box. It's so much fun in there. You know, life is so dreary and drab and depressing and London and gray and damp and rain and this. And these guys would come on. The first show I saw was actually Terry Jones, Palin, and Cleese in a show called Do Not Adjust Your Set. mm mm-hmm which you can look up on YouTube now. They have episodes there. It was black and white. It was very da-da, very, very obscure and very abstract, but very silly. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time even three of the Pythons were on the same show together. Okay. And you could see immediately there was a chemistry there. And this was before Python. Before Python. Yeah. yeah. So that's when I started doing my homework. And, and the other big comedians at the time were Peter Sellers, and Spike Milligan, mm-hmm. and um, uh, uh, and uh, who is the third guy? Who's in the Goonies? And oh, that guy. Right, right. Anyway, right. so they were the, these were the competing comedians on TV at the time, and if you if you really were uh, uh, into comedy, the, these were the guys you had to watch. And when Python arrived in the seventies, it was like must see TV, and you didn't have recorders back then, and you didn't have VCRs or anything. And you had to catch the show when it was on, so you had to plan your day around. <laughs> I mean, it really was. Or like you going might never see it again, it again. Yeah. right? Which yeah. is a huge thing. So that's why it became such an event, because you really had to go. Okay, whatever dinner you were at, or show you were at, or meeting you were at, you were like, guys. <laughs> I'd <laughs> love to stay but I got to get home because I've got important stuff to do. Now you know? and now yeah.
2: what, at the time when Python came out was it yeah. considered sort of like punk rock on British television like oh, yeah. was it the kind of thing you, that parents were like you shouldn't watch this this is drivel. Oh yeah. It was
1: sub- subversive. Right. You had men dressed as women and 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 uh, you know uh, uh, grannies beating up people, I and mean, it, it was amazing. But, you know, the bishop who was a, 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 a what was he? The bishop. He was like a, a East End gangster, right? You know, the bishop. Just, I just thought I thought they were absolutely. And so you had to learn if you were really into the Python. You had to learn everything, right? You had to learn all the skits. You had to buy all the books, anything that had the skits written down. Again, before the internet. And you had to study it, and really, and they brought out. They had albums, they had books. They were really smart about merchandise, right? You know, mm-hmm. in a time when there wasn't a lot to to promote.
2: Oh yeah, I know? mean, I've heard stories like they would go do their live show in German. Like no, they were just like the most b- brilliantly educated no, people. Unbelievable. They all went to Cambridge. Together, yeah, you know, most of them. Yeah, that was that was the that was the thing is that the when they did this debate with this bishop and this Christian broadcaster, they they, they were sort of looking down at them and the, the bishop was like, um, oh, yes, I, I'm I'm familiar with this college humor. Like, he basically was <laughs> Wow, you did to, that really well. He, he was, <laughs> you do, and I'm t- that's from a Brit, Chris. I'm just imitating a cranky old bishop impressive. who was just trying to, like, put them in their place, but, but wrote it off as, like, this is... And, and even the Christian broadcaster was like, you know, he was trying. He was like, "You're better than this." Like oh, he, right, right. right. Demi- like totally demeaning them. was yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I sure. get what it yeah, is. Yeah, right, it's not right. really the highest form of you. art, though, yeah, oh, is it? Then he was just basically hilarious. trying to put them in their place. But it's like, well, that's if you're sort of like in the in to any kind of punk movement, you kind of want to hear that, right? Yeah. You don't uh, yeah, want exactly. the ruling class Absolutely. to be like, "We get it, subversive," because you have to be subverting, subverting. against something. Subverting, yeah. And so from that love of
1: Python. Did did you think well? I I want to go into comedy or was it just so yeah? So I knew that that comedy would be fun to do. I was obviously wanted to be in film and 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 uh, and and do any good work. Um, but I I wasn't opposed. To, I think what what Python and and Sellers, who if you have not watched his, I'm sure you've seen the, uh, the movies he did with Kubrick and stuff. Oh yeah. But if you find out his other stuff online, check it out. And of course, being there and things. Yes. like that. But his early work. You know his early movies are really amazing, mm-hmm. and and so these were people I looked up to, as well as British established British dramatic actors like uh, Olivier and and Ralph Richardson and Gielgud and Burton and Taylor and um, O'Toole and Ralph Finney. Richardson R- in Time Bandits. Ralph, of course, who I adore. Ralph was actually my favorite of that era of that of that group. He was really my favorite. Uh huh. And the fact that he did Time Bandits just elevated him in my book. So. Yeah. I I studied them all. I became like a human sponge of film, television, the, the, the film industry... The British film industry in particular, because I was in England, about the great uh, golden age of film, uh, which really started in sort of the 20s with Hitchcock all the way through to the war, to the end of the war. And that's and through the 50s a little bit. And then the 60s, obviously, you had Darling and great, yeah. you know, all these fabulous directors, David Lean and everything in the 70s. And it sort of died off after that. But you had this long swath period, which I grew up in, not the 40s and 50s, but from the 60s onwards, I had a good couple of decades of fabulous TV and yeah. film going on um and so i was a sponge i was educating myself and so how can i get to work with the very best people whether it's in dramatic work or comedy and the comedy didn't come till later actually i was really doing mostly drama until princess bride you know oh wow
2: well princess bride in a way i mean it's it's sort of um it's not... Some of it's played as comedy, but not right. really. Like, it's just this beautiful fairy well, tale. It's pretty silly. It's... but
1: <laughs> <laughs> You know, I mean, even... That's what I think, honestly, even the Pythons were very fond of it. It's pretty silly. I mean, when, got- when you
2: have the Billy Crystal and, like, right. the Carol Kane, they're obviously yeah, doing yeah, these big, yeah, crazy yeah, characters, yeah, but, yeah. but... But... but there but there are other characters that are that have to be pretty straight to in
1: order to Robin Wright is the straightest character in the whole thing. Everything right. happens to her. She's right. kidnapped, she loses her boyfriend, and she's forced to marry someone she hates. Right. She has to be the dramatic centerpiece of the whole thing, the straight person. Uh, but but you know, you have they're surrounded by all these crazy... you know like albino and yes. you know, and Humperdink. How? And the six finger man. I mean, you can't make it up.
2: You it's can't and, and it literally is probably I'm going to say maybe
1: the most quotable movie in the history. Uh, uh, up, up, up. That's why it was up up to that point. You had basically Python being the most quotable. Yes, you know. So I feel pretty proud to be in something that has some pretty good quotes.
2: But they're it. just like, and I, *Time Bandits* is sort of the same way. It's like a lot of comedy. If you do a lot of comedy, you can track a lot of stuff. You watch stuff and you go, "Oh, I see how they got from A to B to C." But it's just like whose decision is it? To have Andre the Giant say, Anybody want a peanut? Like, after the scene has. That
1: was actually d- not in the script. That was um, uh, the producer came up with that on the day.
2: Yeah, and it's like, um, that. How the fuck do you even. Like, it just. So much of that movie isn't. Tr- like, how, this is so wild, and Time Bandit 2 is like so wildly yeah, original. Totally original. That it just doesn't. Which I were they talking about trying to remake it at some point yes, recently you just can't, <laughs> it's not possible. No. It's like trying to remake groundhog day. Like no, you, you can't do it. like it no, worked can't. because no. it was then. You and those I, people like, it's not, it. it's
1: I not, know. well, we live in an, in an era now where people are, are especially studios want to save money and <clears throat> finding material, Chris, that they don't have to spend a lot of marketing on. Of course, you know, you have built in audience. So of course, you know, um, even video games or, or comics or whatever. Yeah. The easier the sell. Yeah. Uh, much less stress on that.
2: I get that. You know, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. There are some things that are just like, you just no, don't, you can't, you
1: can't take a can't swing at it. that. No. You just can't no. take a like swing at that. You should never touch a Kubrick film. You should never touch a Hitchcock movie. You right. Ne- there are things you just just don't touch. Yeah, exactly. You know. Exactly. There should be sure. a...
2: Maybe this is sort of like the, the library of congress somebody just step right, in and right. go we're going to create like the it's sort of like the, the film protection society. Yes, exactly. And yeah. It's sort of like the vaulted hogwarts <laughs> like hilarious. you should you can't go in there. You're right, that's funny. To start opening things you just like that's, that's funny. there. That's all that's all prote- we should we should protect some films like right. like like national monuments or right. like historical
1: pr- properties. The good news is that the audiences are pretty savvy to that stuff. And anytime they see a film that they know is a studio attempting to just cash in on something? Yeah, they haven't really spent a lot of time trying to figure it out. Yeah, they don't. They they'd stay away from it. But when the studio does do a good job, like I thought they did a pretty good job with the Mary Poppins sequel. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, my, my I took my daughter to see that and she enjoyed it. I mean, look, is it as good as the? Never going to be as good. It's just you know, one's a magical thing that right. of its time. And the other is a kid's movie that has some elements. But it it can still be fun and it can still Still be be enjoyable. Enjoyable. And they did that. Yeah. And I think they did that really well, especially bringing Dick Van Dyke back in to play his older character was fun. But yeah, you know, I mean, most audiences can smell that stuff. They know. They know a stinky movie when they... (laughs) I remember remember living in New York and seeing the trailer for um, uh, The Postman, Mm -hmm. Kevin Costner. Yeah, yeah. Or he's just walking that he's walking horse. Walking around and- that horse, and he's delivering mail. It's, huh? <laughs> and after the trailer was done, somebody—only in New York—somebody in the back of the uh, the audience yelled, "Jug mail!" <laughs> <laughs> And that's a New Yorker for you. That you know what is, I mean? Uh, you know
2: that must have killed. Killed. That
1: must have killed. Killed and killed
2: the movie. Yeah, Gosner was really. There was that period of time where he was really obsessed with like, a, like a post-apocalyptic. Why? Yeah, I don't know. It's like, you know. well, okay, okay. So the well, what if everything was covered in water? All right, that's fine. Yeah. What if it was? He was trying to deliver a piece. Okay, fine, fine, no, fine. It's
1: absurd. You know, because he was really uh, such an incredible. Uh, movie star at that point with with Untouchables and Field of Dreams. I mean, Dances with know, Wolves. Dances with Wolves could do. By the way, a great piece of direction. Yes, for first time. Yes, stunning. So it begs to wonder why he would think that Waterworld was a good idea. <laughs> you know? But I shouldn't judge. Yeah. I've got some some real classics out there. So.
2: Well, it's hard. You know, like it's it's you know, Liddy and I watch a lot of like low budge horror, and so uh, we're very re- forgiving. That's yeah, funny
1: because.
2: We understand how hard it is to... It's like for anyone to illustrate the process, what they do is like, you know, picture an object in your mind and then try to draw it. Right. It's, you know, unless you're a world-class artist, it's very difficult sometimes. A lot of things can happen, especially in a movie where, you know, like there just has to be this like symphony... Everyone has to kind of just sync up somehow. Yeah, There's just it's, a magic. It's like a the magic. studio has to be out of the way magic. just enough
1: that it's a total magic. It's, 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 it's alchemy, and when you get it, it's like catching lightning in a bottle, as you know. Did Princess Bride feel that way when you were making it? Did it seem it like we're making like something we're making different? Something fun and different. Because yeah. Rob was so tuned into it. I mean, he literally would sometimes give me line readings, and you know. Because he knew he knew it in his head. He could hear and see the whole movie in his head. Yeah, and and when you have a director who has that kind of a vision, yeah, you're you're on pretty good. And that's their vision sucks. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> but if their vision happens to be something that 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 people can uh, uh, can tune into and 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 it's, has a, a broad appeal, you, you you usually are in good shape. Right, right, right. But it's tough to know
2: because someone might have the vision, right. but still like yeah. Getting it shot properly, getting it, getting it edited of it. properly. The yeah, the of execution exactly. of it is yeah. still is still really it's a difficult.
1: You have to have the vision and the execution. Yeah, was, was and surround yourself with incredible people. I absolutely. Mean, you know, he 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 found the 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 costume designer for Lawrence Farabia. <laughs> I mean, I had the same person who decked out O'Toole and Omar Sharif, <laughs> and all those guys put put so you know suede and and sway pants onto my legs that's unbelievable
2: but he was but you but the character was basically kind of a Douglas Fairbanks type though we, that's so what we looked
1: at we looked yeah. at Zorro and we looked at uh the Black Pirate and we looked at all the kinds of drawings from early editions of 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 the book and really came together with this look for him that was very Zorro like very Douglas Fairbanks yeah. yeah
2: and was the I can't remember because I was well. I guess what was it? Eighty-seven? Did that come out in eighty-seven? Eighty-seven.
1: We yeah shot in
2: eighty-six. Eighty-seven. Yeah. So I was sixteen. I I remember when it came out. Was it a was it a big hit at the box office or was it the kind of it, <laughs> bombed? How many stories of like? But then when it came
1: out on home video, it right. became like the biggest thing ever. That's what saved us was the invention of the VCR. Yeah. You know, and thank God for that guy because we'd still be uh, in oblivion. To this day, and so uh well, a lot of movies wouldn't be seen but 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 um, that saved us a lot of people were renting copies and then buying them and loaning them out and giving them as gifts, and then holding on to them and and uh that's when you they kept started keeping track of sales and rentals. Mm-hmm. You remember I think Entertainment Weekly had a page where they would give you a list of what what the sales and rentals were for each movie, yeah. And and that ancillary was was very important for studios because you could actually make a lot more money in ancillary than you could in the theater. Sure, because something's only out for a few weeks, right? And then- but ancillary, you keep keep buying and renting and so on. And so that saved the movie. It, then it became like this underground cult thing. Well,
2: there are, and it also was like you just never know. You never know because a movie like that maybe was a slower burn because people just really had to absorb. All that was going on. It's a lot going on. And then it just sort of like wove itself into the fabric of the culture. But I think that, uh, that especially was when studios started going, like, oh, maybe the box office isn't every, like, it's good. Right. But maybe it isn't everything. Right. You know, like maybe it's, and now you see that on Netflix where stuff that, like oh it did okay but then on Netflix you know like oh you know fifty million well how are they right
1: tabulated the they don't we we don't know because they don't release their uh,
2: their data well I think they yeah they don't they don't they don't want to tell anyone they've started
1: bragging a little bit sure. here and there but it's going to come to a head at some point <laughs> I guarantee it people want to know because you know there's, there's every it's a lot of money in that sure we're talking we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars uh, yes yes yeah. yes yes anyway but. Beside the point, yes. Thank God for that guy who saved us. I uh, wouldn't be sitting here with you, probably. But when, so, okay, so this is really interesting, because the movie, you, so you say the
2: movie didn't do well, mm-hmm. and then after it come, came out, were you immediately working on something
1: else, or were you like, fuck, we, why Oh, God, yeah, I was, Because um, you did Hot Shots. Let's see, what did I do after that? I did Glory. I didn't work for two years, because the movie tanked, so I, didn't get ar- I couldn't get arrested. Oh, my gosh. And so I finally got Glory, uh, which was a fabulous film with Denzel war, and Morgan. Film. yeah, Morgan yeah. yeah. and Matthew Broderick. And that was shot in Georgia. We, that was with um, Edswick. Mm-hmm. Did that uh, win the Oscar that year? It won for Best DP. Uh-huh. Freddie Francis, our DP, was fabulous, this guy. He was from the old school of British film. And again, you know, you had Edswick and, and, and uh, Freddie Fields, the producer. He had this project for eight years. Wow. So he knew that by the time Tristar signed on to do it, He'd already had a list of the greatest DPs and the greatest set designer, the greatest costume, the greatest this. He'd already amassed all of that. He'd gone through a few who'd come and gone because they couldn't wait. But then finally he had a team yeah. that he put together that was just – I mean it was just a winning team. Yeah. Winning. Yeah. yeah.
2: So Glory, Glory comes out and then Hot Shots must have been like 89, 90, oh, yeah. right? Hot Shots. Um.
0: If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast – Then you know, and love, the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores, like Urban Outfitters, Sephora, and Nike. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal, or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. This episode is brought to you in part by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash wonderypod or text WONDERYPOD to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WONDERYPOD or text WONDERYPOD to 500-500.
1: I think Robin Hood, Men and Tights, I think. I, can't, I, can't, I don't know my own career. Isn't that awful? I don't know the timeline of it, Chris. <laughs> well, it's just your life. It's, so it's only it's like... my life. No, I should know. Shall we cheat? Sure, let's cheat. All right, you got it. Well done, Katie's got Katie. it. Katie, <laughs> here we go. Let's see what came out first. Uh, so, so the Robin Hood, yeah, crush, Dracula, Hot Shots, Hot
2: You're Shots, right. and Days, Days of, of Thunder,
1: Thunder, Glory, Glory. Prince- oh my God, I did Days of Thunder before Glory. No. It came out after, so this is uh, this. Oh, is this earlier. Is where the, this is earlier, yeah, the the bottom. So, Princess Bride, Glory, Days of Thunder.
2: Oh wait, let's just this is where we're looking at this. Let's I start. So Yesterday's hero, disco dancer, 1979, seems it, time appropriate. It's not true. <laughs>
1: there's no way to tell IMDb. It's not true. They, don't, well. care. they, don't, they want,
2: don't care. They don't want. They don't want to mean. listen. Okay, so Princess Bride, Glory, Days of Thunder, Hot That's Shots. Nice. Um, Dracula, Dracula Crush. the the Which, by the way, we just watched the Crush no way, about a year you? ago. No way. That movie is so fucking fun. It's fun, right? It is
1: so fun. It's crazy. That's Alicia Silverstone. Alicia, person. yeah, yeah. Then Robin Hood. Which yep. is, again, and again, talk about quotable movies. Yes. You know, growing up in England, uh, the other person that whose films you had to see were Mel's. Of course. You, uh, you if you were any interest in comedy, you you had to have Mel's films studied. And, and, and learn. Did you audition for him, or did no, he just he offer No, he came to the premiere of Princess Bride. He came to the first screening on the lot, on the Fox lot, and he brought Gene Wilder with him. Oh, I, my I was, God. You know, I know, just a heart attack for me, because, you know, right? I mean... Can you imagine finding... You know, did Carl you Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks and did Gene you talk Wilder? And to me, of course. Did you I talk mean, to I, Gene? I don't know what I said. Something. I think I, I dribbled. I probably dribbled. Chris, I drooled. And he was very sweet. He said, "Oh, you were wonderful in this film. It was really great. It was really fun." He seemed like yeah. a really sweet lovely, guy. sweet guy. Yeah. And I just floated out of the cinema after that. I was like, "My God, I just met," you know, Mel ha- Brooks and Gene Wilder.
2: I have at home. I bought at an uh, an entertainment auction. What'd you get? Gene Wilder's credit plate from Young Frankenstein. Did you really? You know, in that, in yes. That gothic Beautiful. It's on a piece of glass. You and have it's it? In, it yeah, it's in a frame. Oh, yeah. That's lovely. Yeah, and I, I, I managed to get Mel to right. sign it. Did you so, really? Yeah. yeah. He's also he's a, a mentor sweetheart. to me.
1: A lovely man. He's very old now. You know, he doesn't. He's quit the business. You know, but um, he doesn't have to prove anything. No. You know, he's got nothing to prove. He's done it all. But he also came out of that period of time when,
2: you know, it's, he, he really approached it like a job, you mm. know, it's like, it was that sort of like working class, like, mm-hmm. it's your job, you mm-hmm. got it. Yeah, yeah. You know, cause he, he, I don't know if he still has, he might still have his office, yeah, but he's on the you, like, the he would go,
1: yeah. to go to the office day every, day every day and, yeah, you know, it was like, yeah. it was it's like a job. full-time thing. It was no, a full-time like the, job. Cause I think he grew up in the studio system. Yeah. And, you know, back then. It was like a job. It was a career, but it was also, if you were lucky to have a career. Right. But it was also a job. You had to go in, check in, you know, and go onto the lot. And people worked on the lot, which yeah. is, you know, still something that I love about this town. And yeah. It's still going on today.
2: Oh, you yeah. Know? And speaking of Kevin Costner, Robin Hood. I know. Which, of course, right. must have led to Robin Hood Men in Tights,
1: yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I would imagine. And then we ran into each other. He- LAUGHTER That was fun. He pointed at me and went, very funny. Very funny, very funny. And
2: with that, we pause to take a quick break to thank our sponsor for this episode of the ID10T podcast, Squarespace, who can help you turn your idea into a website or a blog or showcase... Your work, um, sell products, if you want to create a storefront or or transfer one over, now is a good time to do that. Announce any kind of project or a special event, you know, with beautiful templates uh, created by world-class designers. There's powerful e-commerce. Everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box. You can buy and choose domains from over 200 extensions. And now, email campaigns. You can do email campaigns with Squarespace, all right? You're going to get consistent content straight from website to email, powerful editing tools, uh, to make it grow, and then layouts for any kind of message, mobile editing, so you can send it anytime, anywhere. So Squarespace just keeps getting better and better and better. Um, so go to squarespace.com ID10T, get a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code ID10T to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace, now's the time, build a digital thing, and Squarespace is going to help you do it. And now let us glide gently back into this episode of the ID10T podcast. But um, it's, um, uh, was working with Mel, does, does he sort of just let you go or is he very specific about what it is that he needs? You know,
1: it's funny you say that because he's a bit of both. Thank you, Katie. He's a bit of both. He, he has very specific Rob and Carl. I think they all grew up in, in the same kind of, cause Rob obviously grew up watching, uh, his father and Uncle Mel work yeah. and so they have that work ethic of it is very specific and comedy is very it's a timing and it's delivery and it's everything right body you know, the whole thing and so if you know uh, for me it was an education because I come from and British humor and American humor believe it or not even though Monty Python you know tr- basically crossed that barrier for the most part British humor doesn't really translate well <laughs> in America it's very different sure but how, luckily enough, because I grew up watching Mel and all things American uh, culture as a kid, fascinated by it, um, I was in tune with, with their sensibilities. And so I'd watched All in the Family. I'd seen almost every episode of, of All in the Family. I'd seen all of Mel's movies. Which is because it's based on a British show. Totally. Yeah. And, um, and so I, I luckily I did my research. I really did have such a love for... Their work and comedy as a whole. So when I got to work with my heroes, it was like manna from heaven for me, yeah. Chris. You know, yeah. and this. If you could have told little Carrie at age six, watching TV and dreaming of being inside that box, that he was actually going to get to work with all these people, I would have. Uh, I would have laughed in your face.
2: And do, are you are you able to appreciate it at the time that it's happening, or oh, is yeah. it like stressful? Oh no, not or is at it, all. It was it's all like, fun.
1: No, it's all fun. Good. I totally was living in the moment. I was pinching myself. I mean, I went to I always go to work early anyway. And I'm not one of the last persons to leave. And so, I, those, those shows, I was there really early. I couldn't wait. Mel's like, What are you doing here so early? I'm like, I came to watch you come to work, Mel. You're not even working today. What are you doing here?
2: I said, I'm just going to watch you do your stuff. That is a spot on Mel Brooks. (laughs) (laughs) That is a really good Mel Brooks. And what's funny is like, even at that time, he must have been 70 because he's probably 95. So,
1: yeah. And answer your question, he would let you, he would do one that was very specific to what he needed. And then he'd let you do your own thing. Oh, fantastic. And so, and sometimes the scene would be a mixture of those two things. Yeah. You know, and he would. Okay, let's everyone do something silly. Something silly. (laughs) This will be the silly one. (laughs) Silly.
2: Did you ever pick his brain about any of the? Oh
1: yeah, all the time. You know, he told us that you know how difficult it was to get some. It was difficult to get Young Frankenstein made. Nobody wanted to do it. Um, They didn't want to give him the budget. They didn't want to do it in black and white. Mm -hmm. That was absolutely a no-no. That was like almost the movie was folded on that. Right alone so you know man had to fight for these things and how do you know, know
2: though like that's what that's what's i guess that just separates like visionary people from regular people
1: he, he went and rented all the original equipment from the frankenstein movie that was still in storage mm-hmm. so all of that's authentic you know oh. where marty Feldman's going around banging stuff that's all the original wow. equipment you know oh, that's fantastic. amazing so that's why he wanted in black and white he really wanted to to give it the authenticity of being a serious Frankenstein movie, right? And have you know all this craziness going? Kenneth Mars, Kenneth Mars. Oh my God! Amazing, right?
2: Amazing, amazing. Yes, I can see Is that you all. So good, the, right? Yeah, he gets he get really big and then he no, no, just no, gets no really, really, okay. really small at the same time. Cass,
1: Madeline Kahn, Marty, Terry Gar, Terry, Terry. Put the candle thick. <laughs> You can quote it. You can quote right. You can quote. How many movies can you quote every line to? I mean, Princess Bride has a few, but but Mel, it's every line almost. It's all. It's it's a lot of them. Right. Yeah, it is a lot of them. That's. I think about the pressure of that.
2: Yeah, but he. Yeah, I guess so. But also because of his background and you know like working in television and the Sid Caesar. Right, it's like right. They. You know he they had, had a, he had a sketch background right. where. You and know, that like, writers' room. They, a had, to they like, had to economize. They to
1: fight. Yes, Do you know that they all did. Neil Simon, all of them. They were Carl, all of them back in the back room. Woody fighting to get their stuff on to the get show. their stuff
2: on. Yeah, because you every know. you know the episode, it's live. Right. So like the sketches, real estate is right. very right. limited. Very limited. So every joke has to, to land. Every joke has to, every joke hey, has to count. Every,
1: everyone has to count.
2: So I, I'm sure That's that trained them. Yeah, you must right. have contributed to that. But but it's still it's even the performances of like. You know, Gene Wilder is, is 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 so he's mostly serious in the film, but then just has those like I want you to be very careful. Things, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But don't put the candle like
1: right, just yeah, like yeah. going into like no, a weird cartoony. Totally,
2: how how totally. do you
1: you know class I, 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 dis-
2: <laughs>
3: dismissed?
1: <laughs> you know, <laughs> he sunk the yeah, scalpel. Yeah. Into, it's great. Every, everything it's is so great. great. Did the, any of that ever make you want to direct? One day I'd like to, you know, um, when the phone calls stop ringing, uh, uh, for for I'd like to give it a shot, you know, for acting. If I mean once once I can transition, I think actors are make some of the best directors. Rob Reiner, Mel, all these guys, Redford, Ron Howard. I think some of the best directors are actors. They know how to talk to actors. They understand the process, and they know how to get great performances out of you. Right. Actors, you know. Right. Right. Um, and so I think even even the best directors were, were obviously had some acting knowledge to them. They have to, in order to be able to get what they need out of the actors. Like, Coppola has definitely studied acting. There's no question about that. Right, right. You can tell by just the theater games he plays and stuff like that. That's fun. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. He's totally... It's joyful. You know what I mean? It's playful. Right. We play for yeah. a living. Well, it's, it's you true. Know? But there's just so much... But My daughter coined it best. She came to watch me getting, getting dressed in my trailer one day and she goes daddy i go yeah she goes do they pay you to do dress up (laughs) i said well i hadn't thought of it quite that way but yes they do and she went they do and that was it
2: she was sold on the idea (laughs) that's literally what is which is why it's so funny because we just came out of like we just came out of award season thank god and it's so i mean listen you know people work very hard it is a serious business but you know when you see this sort of the gravitas i know it's like it's stressful playing dress up you know it's, it's like it, it, it's hard I'm not saying no, no. like not everyone can but do it but it's fantasy life, but it is fantasy life. Yeah, yeah it is at the same time but it's just so tied to yeah. like yeah. it's the most important yeah, it's, it's, it's so the most okay. but so but it 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 absolutely if you can have the attitude that you have of like it's fun we it's get to it's fun like, and it should be fun of course
1: if it's if, you know who wants to go to the dentist every morning I oh, know but it, know.
2: it's just it's 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 there's so many pieces to it that are so unfortunately, fused to our egos and yeah, our insecurities yeah, yeah. that it's. Well, difficult we're pampered a lot.
1: Yes, you know we're probably the most pampered people in the business. Yes, yes. Know, someone always rushing to you, going, "Do you want a coffee? How do you want water? Do you want it ice cold or room temperature?" I've never that I'd never heard that till I got to LA. Room temperature <laughs> or ice cold? I went, well, "I don't know." I was confused. I'm like, "Which one should I have?" <laughs> you know, and and you do people. You know, I started out working in the business in production. And I was that guy. I f- I made tea and coffee and you know all that. So I that gave me a great perspective on it, Chris. Right. So that by the time I went in front of the camera, you know I was I knew what it was like to be part of the crew. Yeah. And so whenever I see actors giving crew a hard time, I'm like I pull them aside and go, "Dude, you know." <laughs> these guys don't get paid enough to take that kind of stuff. Right. Honestly. You really should give them a That's break.
2: That's really nice that you do that. I mean, you have to. You're doing them a service. I think
1: so. I like to think. Sometimes I stick. My, my wife's like, you should just just, just zip it. <laughs> yeah, but, you know. But I can't stand seeing people being, or actors thinking they're very important and that that they can treat people a certain way that's yeah, just like, it's just it's, it's just, just it's, not it's an
2: emptiness and an insecurity obviously. And it's like you can see right through obviously. it yeah you can see right obviously. through it but and obviously look everyone can have a bad day that's understandable we're not allowed but to no that's true and,
1: and so and the gift that we have to play act for a living yeah you shouldn't come to work if you're if you're miserable you should go do something else right honestly Right. We're putting on costumes, for God's sake. <laughs> for God's
2: sake. <laughs> this is why I think you'll make a great director, because the first person that comes I mean, to set and tries to give you a hard time, you'll be like, e- listen. No, really.
1: you you It's a joyful thing that we do. Yeah. It really is. And when you connect with other people and... It's a beautiful thing, as you know. Yeah. It's a a magical thing. Yeah. That was the other thing I said to my wife after we did that panel. I was
2: like, you know what I really love about Carrie? And Jake, too, had this, too. It's like, there's real joy in, like, they have a real joy about what they do and a real joy in talking about stuff that they've worked on and, and really embrace, like, you know, because I think I may have said this to you on the panel, but, you know, I obviously not when the movie first came out but you know but being so identifiable with Mm -hmm. with something like Princess Bride you were like yeah that's great I love that people remember it because what's the alternative the alternative
1: is is obscurity of course um, you know look the Duffers uh, Stranger Things Stranger Things yes there's a commonality to I feel with the people who have succeeded in a way that's profound and I can compare them to Coppola and, and this is the comparison that they come to work joyful. They understand the process is joyful. And they understand it's playful. Mm-hmm. Totally playful. In order to be playful, you have to be relaxed. Mm-hmm. And to be relaxed, you have to, you have to be relaxed. Right. Uh, and, and create an atmosphere that is conducive to creativity. Right. Which is joyful. Right. Yeah? And these guys, I mean, look, they're writing for teenagers. And they're in their 20s, 30s. How do, they understand kids. They're because they've never lost the child inside of them. Right. Right? Right. And to me, when you meet an artist who has that, who's never lost the, their inner child, and it's the Peter Pan in a sense, right? Right. You're going to see something very special. Right. That's true of Al Pacino, of, of Gary Oldman, all of them.
2: Well, also because they haven't been sort of jaded to the... To the point where they go, oh, before they talk themselves out of like, oh, you, we can't do this because of X, Y, or Z. Like, oh, they no. go, well, if we were going to try these things, how would we do them? Exactly. Like, how could we create? Yes. You know, like, there's a curiosity behind it. There's a behind massive
1: it. curiosity. And that's a childlike Curiosity. Yeah, yeah. And that's how they approach their work. And I'm not saying they're childish. No, 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 I'm no. I'm saying they have... The energy. The energy and the excitement and the the, the, the discovery and the awareness and the, and the desire and the and the curiosity of a child.
2: Well, that's what's sort of fun about our culture now is like, obviously, in the days of the, you know, the golden age of film and the mm. great, you know, it was very much like stars, director, they were like all up here. Right. In just in some sort of pantheon and untouchable. Right. And now... You know, we're in the age of like, oh, these fanboys mm-hmm. get to make their thing. Right. And so it it's just it's it's I feel like it's grounded them in a way that um is is better. You know, yeah. it's like there's there's more of an accessibility right. and more of a willingness, I think, to play because I mean I imagine in the old days it was just easier to be isolated. You were right. sort of sequestered from the rest of
1: culture. Yeah. And now of
2: course with social media well, it, was like con- everything. it was a
1: controlled sequestering, because yes. you know uh even, even even under the studio system, who you had dinner with and where you ate, right, like Sardi's, and you had to eat with a new starlet because it helped her boost her career to eat with you. You know, all of that. Like that the was the retweet of that day. That was the retweet of the day, and they would the studio would send the cameraman to catch you at dessert and whatever, and that right. that made the papers the next day. Right, Conf, Hollywood Confidential. Right, all right, all right, stuff, right, and so it was very controlled. And not much has changed now in terms of the the fascination that we have for for celebrity, you know. Um, but now it's uh, you have your publicist or whatever, or your social media guy or person or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, do that for you, you know. Are you a part of any of that at all? I did no? join social media. I, I I sort of, I'm not very good at it. I'll be honest. With you. I'm very luddite. Sure. You know, and I'm a day late and a dollar short on a lot of things. So yeah. My fans are like they they they're, they're nice enough to like. Overlook that, <laughs> you know. I think my fans are the nicest fans in the world because they're they're able to see past, um, you know, the, the 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 loose threads in my in my uh, social I, media.
2: Healthy though, I mean, listen. I don't think social media is eternal. I no. think there's going to be a certain contingency of people who are so tied to it, whose identities are so right, tied right, to it, right, right. and then eventually it's going to fade, like, just because of the ebb and right. flow of life, and then a lot of people are going to be fucked, because they just, it's like, well, what do I do? I don't, right. who am I without, right. without that? that. Yeah. yeah, and so, believe me, I think you're better, I think it's this idea of, like, oh, you know, sometimes it's fun, I definitely think that's a better long-term plan, certainly right. a better a better plan. No, I try to keep
1: plan. it from, for, to promote the work I'm doing, obviously. Yeah. And, um, sometimes i'll get political but my you know my wife is very she's the final arbiter she's much more social med- savvy than than i am yeah. social media savvy so i, I run it by her <laughs>
2: Yeah, and also if you want to keep it fun, you know, it's just like there are some parts of it that are just not fun. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, it's yeah. not fun. Why do I yeah. don't want to do that? You know, yeah. I just want to just want to live my life and go go to work. Yeah. Did you? Did you so you worked on Miss Maisel, but are you done shooting it? Done or shooting. You're that, done shooting. We're
1: it? done. That was that season. I just did one season of these shows, which was great. I mean, I, I got to be in two of the most <clears throat> some of the most popular shows on television between uh, Stranger and, and Maisel. So and uh, and again, Amy sherman palladino and dan very very much childlike curiosity fabulous totally creating an atmosphere that is so joyful to work with i mean we're laughing like i haven't laughed that hard on a set in a long time so funny but so you, silly you must but you i feel like because of who you
2: are and how you see the world and the way you sort of navigate life i feel like you know you probably feel like oh I'm so lucky to work with these people but I would argue that you probably without realizing it attract these situations because of because of who who you are thank you and that's I I, I like to think so because they probably recognize that about you too like oh my god Carrie's so I mean you know, I love our process. It's fun. Yes. It, like
1: I said, it is fun. Yes. And, and I don't take it for granted at all. Are you good with downtime? Like, do you? They Michael Caine, who I just worked with. Oh, you one did? Of my, one of my heroes. Oh, my God. Yeah, we, we just finished shooting a movie together oh. um, called Best Seller. And he's amazing. And I asked him about a quote that he once had that I, used, that I still use. Okay. And I asked him if it's true. And he said yes. And this is his quote. Okay. They pay me to sit around, the rest I do for free.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right? Isn't that great? That's it's brilliant. That's fantastic. Right? By the way, just do with us what you will. Maybe a fun thing for you to do on social media. Just some right. montages of impressions. Okay. Because you got a good Mel and you okay. got a real good Michael Kane <laughs> I'm I'm just, I'm saying it could be a fun, fun Thank way you. for you to play with social media a little bit. Yeah. I've oh. heard he, I've heard Michael Caine is like, he's, he's, j- likes to talk. Like, he will
3: talk oh, about stuff.
1: I'll, I couldn't believe it. I asked him at first, I'm mean, are you okay with me? Like, nerding out on you <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah by all means go for it <laughs> and I, I couldn't believe it so i just i wouldn't i think i got tiresome at one point because you have to remember besides the, i told you growing up studying film and studying comedy and tv and drama and everything michael fit right in there with he was up there in the pantheon of finney and o'toole and Burton, and, and you had to watch you had to see every movie that Michael did. It was like, if you missed a Michael movie, you were, you were really not cool. Right. Right. And so his body of work is like, I mean, it's bonkers. Right. And so I picked his brain every day. Um, and he was his memory, he remembers everything. Oh, that's everything. great. It's funny, a great storyteller. And again, joyful, totally joyful, totally playful, totally fun. Dirty rotten scoundrel is another I mean, like super quotable. Amazing, amazing, right? He, he, the, I can't remember what it
2: was he won the Oscar for, but when but he was accepting an, he was accepting the award, and you could see what a sweet guy he was because he was very vulnerable about like. Look, because I've always been someone in a nutshell. He was like I was always afraid of not working. And so I've made a lot of crap, you yeah. know, like just the idea that in yeah. his mind, like he's taken a lot of roles that he oh, took yeah. because he just wanted to keep working. And yet, so we see him, it's kind of like the Prince thing, you know, we see him as this icon, this legend, and to him, he's just this guy who's navigating a business, who's scared of not working again, who just continues to work. Unbelievable. Yet at the end of it, when you take a step back, you know, we're in awe of what he's accomplished.
1: In awe. In awe. But he's amazing. I mean, like even, you know, in films that he probably thinks are not films, he is very proud of, are still classics today. Right. You know, and I remember watching uh, Swarm <laughs> and the Hand, and I'll watch it. I'll watch it. You know,
3: because it's Michael. Well, that's the thing too, is that get inside a killer camera. <laughs> I
2: mean, you know, that should be on a t-shirt. <laughs> right? I wonder if he does he does he read that in a script and is does he go, "Oh
1: fuck, what am I going to All oh, right, right, I guess i just got to go. say go it. For yeah, it." He's you know, just he's just going to say it. Committed. That's you know? really funny cuz there's there's an acting lesson in that too. Well, he gave acting lessons. You should look at it. You and Lydia would love this. There's a it was a VHS, and I'm sure it's now on DVD of Michael Caine teaching people how to act you know and how to not blink in a close up <laughs> otherwise they'll think you're a total wuss you know things like that it's great I mean you have to watch it. it's hilarious it's hilarious <laughs> is, he, is he doing it for straight or for is straight it like, it's totally straight totally straight but it obviously it's very funny because it's him
2: but to see a great actor in you know like not a not a great movie is such like that's a part of the business that I feel like You know, like when people train to be actors, they're Mm. training to work on the best stuff. Right, right, right. But to go in and still navigate a performance when you know, like, well, the production really isn't. And then this and then, you know, it's not the director's not as experienced, but you still have to figure out, like, how do I still go in there and do the best best that I can can do and and then be able to walk away and leave it at the door and go, you know what? It's out of my hands now. Like, that is a fucking skill set that should be taught.
1: Well, you have to learn that. You know, I learned it. You have to learn it. You have to let go and let God, you know. Right. Um, there's only so much you can do as an actor. You've got, you got you. can't offer your opinion. You have to wait to be asked for it. Right. You know, Um. and so, uh, and if they really want to hear it, there's always that, <laughs> you know, and you have to navigate the shoals of, of niceties and, and you know and diplomacy to make sure right. you, you know who you're dealing with anyway it's for me like i said it's been an incredible ride if i die tomorrow i'm a happy guy don't do that no, but i mean i'm just saying you, if i look on my career i've really done everything that i've ever wanted to do i mean you, you know really, it, I really you, have.
2: you've gotten you've you've done some pretty fucking pretty, cool stuff cool stuff i mean some like insanely cool stuff I, and I, even it, even it's like all these things that we're talking about you know the especially you know Princess Bride or talking about some of these Michael Kane movies you just some things just need time to percolate yeah. and so you can't like feel like that's the dangerous thing with judging stuff immediately too it's just sort of like the we'll see you know we'll see yeah. you know like whatever this didn't do well in this way but oh my god it's like the biggest thing ever in this other way right, and it right, just right. took
1: a few years but you just you honestly just don't know who'd have thought that Gone with the Wind bombed when it came out. Right. I mean, not Gone with the Wind. Um, uh, Wizard of Oz, sorry. Wizard, Wizard of Oz. Bombed. Bombed. How, I mean... It mean- didn't become a cult until it was started to air at Christmas time on, on national television. And you have
2: to ask yourself, like, well, it's not like there were a ton of options. So people, no. like, and the the, the the Oz part is in color. This is a right. new technology. No, right. Like, from the technology standpoint alone, why weren't people oh, like, like, holy flocking. shit? It's amazing. Yeah amazing yeah.
1: yeah and now you can't imagine that film in any other way I mean you can't I mean if it's on if you have a kid in the room it's not it's not being turned off at all
2: right it's unbelievable well that happened with Citizen Kane too did not I mean right obviously there were reasons right. that it was uh, suppressed which right. may or may not have had something to do with my wife. <laughs> whatever <laughs> He's a nice guy trying to live his life, you know, and this right. fucking this, right. this hack director yeah. comes right. along right. to yeah. do a hatchet yeah. job. Yeah. Right. But someone else also explained to me that they go, well, they, well, part of it was the W.R. of it all. But then the other part was that it was such an avant-garde movie when it came out that totally. it just people didn't know how to process it. To process and so it. a couple decades later, they start showing it on television and people are like, wait a minute. Yeah. This was it's and like it's like Antiques Roadshow, like totally. Oh my god, this clock is well, right. you know. Which this I love this that old show. clock that's been in our house forever Do you love is that
1: show. Of course. Is it great? It's great. Especially when oh I didn't know it was worth that much. Well that's, that's the thing, it's like, <laughs> that's the moment that you wait for. It, it's you know?
2: great either way. Like it's great if someone finds out that so they have you found ju- this in a dumpster. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah There was a little girl on the other day, she was like six, she was really poised. And she'd been dumpster diving with her mom. (laughs) Found some 18th century portrait, American portrait. Oh, my God. And she goes, my mom just said, we should probably get that. And it was great. And did
2: did the antique dealer say, like... Little girl, do you need help? Is your mom throwing you into dumpsters? <laughs> exactly. Get in there. Right. You get the no, fuck in no, there. No, you mom, find, me right, a, right. find me a find me a Rembrandt or a Rembrandt, yeah.
1: keep digging. No, I think it was the mom who went in. <laughs> oh, the mom went the in. The kid was watching for making sure she was safe. Where is that? Where are they dumpster diving? Well, exactly. They... Yeah, like. Where... I mean, I think you have to like go to a estate sale or a house that's being torn down. Yeah. You know, and watch what's being thrown. I mean, you obviously have. I don't know. I've never done it, but I'm sure there's a process. To but but anyway. then
2: the other side too is like you know this teapot has been in my family for 200 years and they look at it and they go oh yeah this is only like yeah. 20 years old oh yeah. what the fuck you know <laughs> right. it's like that's the other part that's kind of fun too where right. it's like right. you, you you either watch people like win the lottery right. or right. you just watch a dream yeah. shatter right. at the right. same right. time but but again it's just like you, you like some some things just aren't of their time yet, and if no. something comes out, maybe the the culture just needs a little bit of time to, to catch, catch up, up to, to it. it, and we just we just don't we just True. don't
1: know. Kane had you're right; it was not considered a masterpiece at all when it came out. At yeah, all. yeah. And now it's the it's the standard by which every filmmaker, you know, Francis screened it first when we were making Dracula. Really? Yeah, yeah. And he has his obviously his own screening room and stuff. Sure, yeah, and. uh... There were a lot of films you wanted us to watch, but you particularly wanted us to make sure that we saw that.
0: Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options. Accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at bite.com. That's BYTE.COM. That's B Y T E.COM. Start your confidence journey today with BYTE. You hear that? Your dog knows. Spring is coming sooner than you think. But the warmer weather also means that fleas and ticks are coming back. Fleas are an itchy nuisance and can easily get into your home, furniture, and beds, which can be terrible. Ticks are even worse. They're hard to spot but can carry disease and get your dog really sick. Petmed's pharmacists connect directly with your vet to save you time and deliver the best flea and tick products for your pet. Pet Petmed's offers low prices on all flea and tick meds, including Nexgard, Simperica, and more. Visit PetMeds.com and use promo code PODCAST to save 40% on your first auto ship order. That's PetMeds.com promo code PODCAST for 40% off your first auto ship order.
2: That's kind of fun. Really I don't cool. I don't hear that for casts. So, I mean, I guess if you're Francis Ford Coppola and, right. you know, you have you and Gary Oldman and all these people, you probably as Ford Coppola go, like, come, come to the screening room. We're going to watch this. And everyone yeah, goes, OK. Great.
1: Well, we were living with him up in Napa. Oh, my god. We did all the rehearsals up there. How was that? Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> so much fun. He's got the boat from Apocalypse. He's got the Navy PPR boat. Oh, at, come uh, on. Sitting in a field. We really, were all like... hanging out there. It was great. Oh, Tom Waits, fun. It was so much fun. We had, we got, we got up to no good. We were, we were all staying up very late. It was fun. That fun. makes me happy to hear that. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you appreciate it so much, I think, is
2: nice for people to hear because you like knowing that the people that you enjoy appreciate stuff the way that you do, or the way that you would if you were in yeah. that situation. Yeah. You know.
1: Like I said, I was a sponge growing up for studying film. So when I met my mentors, I they knew right away that I, oh he's done some reading, you know right. I, I, I couldn't help it, you know right. I really like I'd done the research and studied these people, yeah. So so that by the time I wanted to work with them, they understood why, right? Yeah, right. It wasn't just some guy off the street going oh I think you're a pretty talented <laughs> and I wouldn't mind doing something with you, Mister Coppola." you know it was like an informed that
2: was a terry jones character it's a, a, <laughs> it a bit of a terry jones character right, there. right?
1: um you know I, it was much more an educated uh, approach that's i thought was important for me so that i had let them know how much i appreciate them yeah yeah
2: do you ever did you ever think like i want to do like a lot of crazy character work or any kind of cuz i would this is going to be a weird question but right. you're such a handsome fellow <laughs> That
1: I wonder at certain points where you are like, oh, but if Gilliam called, I'd absolutely <laughs> put on a skull's head like David Warner in Time Bandit. David and, Warner, you no, know, you know,
2: David. Have you ever worked with David yes, Warner?
1: Yes, got to work with David. Do you? You must have seen time after time. Oh, it's genius. The David Warner it's great. is such an incredible. Oh, he's a wonderful actor too. Wonderful, wonderful titanic he's wonderful the omen yeah oh my god i mean he's brilliant he's brilliant in everything everything there,
2: there's there's like um there's such a certainty in his performances totally that he natural. just is like totally natural he's just like i listen i also loved tron maybe i was of a certain age oh, when great. tron came out I but he's lo- fucking great in tron i
1: freaking love tron <laughs> Sean is genius. I'm so
2: glad to hear you say that. I'm so glad to hear you Way say that. Way its time.
1: What did you work with him on? Oh, we did like, um, <clears throat> I don't know, an, a, a horror anthology, TV anthology series. I can't remember what it was like. Um, not Twilight Zone, an uh, Outer Limits, something oh, an like outer that. Limits type something of like thing? that. Yeah. kind of thing. Is he, is he still alive? Is he oh, alive? God, I think so. Yeah, he's very old, but he's been around. I mean, dude, that guy's been working at it f- f- since he was a teenager. Right. Know? I mean, he's like a, serious pro.
2: Yeah. And you have to remember too, when these guys were starting out and working, it's not, like now there's film and television and there's streaming services right. and there's Netflix and They're all and theater Hulu. trained, these They're guys.
1: All, of course. You know, there's a commonality between Kane and Burton and Finney and O'Toole. All those guys came through the theater. They were all trained on the stage and they became, they honed their craft in a way that is profound. That it's very rare the theatre actors their work transcend onto film because it's obviously a completely different medium. Sure. You know, the way you act on the stage is completely different than having a close-up. Right. right? And, where you but, don't blink. Right, where you don't blink. <laughs> Otherwise, you're a wuss.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Isn't that great? Anyway, but these guys were so good and so talented that by the time that, that Michael Caine fought and tooth and nail to be cast in Zulu. And I think he's, I don't know, 1920 or something like that. And he had to persuade the producer to, to let him play the part because they just wouldn't hire him. And the studio did they were like, absolutely no way. There's no way. I picked his brain about that. And he said, I got the role of the tough, Kerry. I got
3: the role of the tough, right? And I had to be a snob in the in that part. and I And I tell you what,
1: I had to fight to get it. And he did. He fought to get the, to himself noticed in in the industry when he was earning nothing. Right. You know, they don't pay in the theater. No.
2: Well, also, I also think there's that, you know, the, especially, that's what's so interesting, too, about, you know, British culture versus American culture in entertainment because there is, I imagine, there's definitely more British of, like, tall poppy thing where it's like
1: you, oh, yeah. you can't be. Yeah, yeah, you're, that's it. You've reached the 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 pinnacle of your career and if,
2: if anyone suspects that you think you're better than it then they will just like you're done you're fucking done done yeah whereas here that's sort of,
1: yeah. <laughs> sort of celebrate, to celebrate it. that Celebrate. Yeah. It. well that's the thing about America is that there's less snobbery than there is in England oh that's there's interesting because you know, in England you know, people look at your shoes and they're already like judging you sure you know, you know or the, whatever how your accent is right very judgmental on accents which is why I love studying them Right. You know, you ever seen Michael Palin's um, Ripping Yarns? Yes, of course. How great is that? Yes, yes, uh, yes. Palin's from Yorkshire. Okay. Right? He's a Yorkshireman. That's why one of those episodes is all about, you know, football, the Yorkshire right. football team. You know, he's very much that to me, his sensibility, his sound is so musical and lyrical to me that I studied it carefully, you know. Have you gotten to use it in anything? No, but I just wanted it. I love hearing it. It's like a melody to me. Right. So um, they're melodies to me, these accents. They're, they're yeah. actually beautiful. Right. They're to be celebrated because they, they represent a different cu- part of the culture. Right, right, you right. Know? And instead of people like going, oh, well, you know, that must mean. That's why Cleese will always play the s- snooty upper class characters looking down on people. <laughs> like, right. It's a five minute argument or a two minute argument? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know that kind of thing. He yeah. was always playing that guy who was looking down on you. And he also actually it was, was very, a physically was very, very tall you know, man looking down on people. Guy, yeah. Yeah. And so they were making fun of that. And that helped break that barrier. It helped a lot. A lot of people who thought, okay, this is silly. Why are we right. putting so much f- emphasis and focus on you know, you, you're beneath me because you, you're from this, another part of town. Well, my one know.
2: of my best friends married a British guy and just, like, moved to England. Right, And she loved, like, she was very much an Anglophile. Loved, loved British culture. But being over there, like, first of all, she's like, it's fucking grey all, <laughs> like, all the time. Like, dark grey all the time. Not light grey. Like, we were, we were yeah. per- she, uh, we performed together a lot. Grey gray
1: is a very important colour in England. Yeah, the
2: yeah. We, like, we, were in, we were in Philadelphia and it was like, Cloudy, and she goes. This is the most light I'm-. and I go. It's gray. She goes. No, no, no. This isn't gray. Yeah, no.
1: L- like that's light gray. L- this is light gray, which is which is like on the spectrum of on on a rainbow is important in England. But you know, it, it blows because there's gray, light gray, and dark gray, and
2: dark gray, and, and that's it.
1: It's been dark gray for three months. She said.
2: But she's like, it's so fucking trippy. And this is kind of how she talks. She's like my friend April. She's like, it's so fucking trippy. There's a fucking queen. There's a queen. Yeah. There's like a family. There's a family. And she goes. And when she says stuff like mean stuff it's like this isn't the fuck you know like it blows Great. her away and so but maybe sort of that stratified class system is still this this holdover yeah. from you know just the, like
1: centuries of fleas oh, of colonialism and, yes and, and, and empire yeah no it is it is but like i said that's why i gravitated towards watching comedy in england growing up because these people always they never they, they they made fun of it all right nothing was off limits right especially these the 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 complete um stupidity of 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 class distinction right right you right
2: know? and so now banality do spend, i should say do you, well yes banality and also the bureaucracy the like pythons were also great at – yeah yeah you know of the bureaucracy of anything right you know it's just sort of the everything has some sort right. of a structure that right. is designed to get in your way totally and that's that sort of that idea um i don't know if they invented that but i don't recall no. ever seeing you no, know like no. that, wasn't
1: that wasn't they trying to get a trying to get a cooker and they it was a long line of all these people who were trying to get their cooker uh-huh. and, and they had the wrong paperwork <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think Brazil... Brazil use, is uh, all about that. Right? you remember the beef? One of, whatever, Yeah, yeah. They the break into the thing. And you go got the
2: form. The form. And then they, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of it. So what do you... It fixed what, itself, did it?
3: It fixed itself. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so good.
2: We Now i got to watch... I tried to show Lydia Time Bandits and it didn't... It didn't resonate it as much with her. <laughs> Oops, sorry. It didn't resonate as much with her, but I still... Yeah, you have to watch it again. You really... It's like, that's another one. You're like, how the fuck... Who, it, it, the the universe the again bureaucracy the universe is a corporation basically mm-hmm. and even ralph richardson looks like a ceo like he totally looks like the president a of a company as a supreme being and it's just like oh they're just kind of going through and correcting all the mistakes hey, Sputtle, from when,
1: yeah it's a typo yeah the whole movie is about a typo <laughs> it's like big lebowski the whole movie's about a rug yeah uh, Brazil is all about a typo. Brazil's about a typo, It's yeah. supposed to be tuttle instead of buttle. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah, because
2: uh, something gets into the typing machine or a fly. something. A fly. A gets dead in the fly. Screen. Yeah,
1: yeah. Causes chaos.
2: Yeah. And Time Bandits is all about the mistakes, like right. the, we're the fabric of the universe. The fabric of the universe. They're just holes. Yeah, just holes. And they're supposed to repair them, but they decide to basically just go, I don't know how the fuck... I, how do you... And they they were even saying that... He was like Life of Brian. If it hadn't been for George Harrison, yeah, writing that check, they he they mortgaging never mortgaging his house. Yeah, they never would have gotten to make it. Never. But George Harrison just happened to have a weird sense of humor, and he was like, you know,
1: was, mortgaged his yeah. house. A beetle mortgaged his house <laughs> for Monty Python. Eric Idle says it's the most expensive movie ticket ever, ever paid for. Did he, he must have. Made, I mean. He, he, oh, no, he did very well. Okay, good, good, yeah, good, yeah. good, good, no, good, good. That film has is, is gone into the pantheon of, you know, talk about Ancillary, my God.
2: But I don't know if those, did those movies do well in the theater when they came out? Oh, God, out? yeah. Okay, I, saw, good.
1: I saw Life of Brian in Westwood. Oh, you did? Packed, packed. And there was a long line for the next screening. Oh wow. Already waiting for us to come out when we were walking in.
2: So you've been in LA for quite a while. Oh yeah.
1: Okay. I mean I would visit here a lot as yeah, a, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um but oh massive line and you could barely hear the dialogue. Oh, that's great.
2: You know. That's great. Well, I hope that you at some point get to direct something Thank you, because I, I do think that there's a you have a certain fluency it, I, I just I think it would be a joyful experience for you, as stressful as I imagine directing is. Joyful, joyful,
1: totally yeah. joyful.
2: Joyful. This is mildly stressful, but but joyful because you have to have the last answer for everything. The
1: stress is fun, though. I mean, you know, yeah, it, it, you have a lot of responsibility, obviously, but but if, if you you surround yourself with the best people, right? You know, I've noticed that with the shows that I've worked on, you know, where where they've done they've been something memorable. It's it, all you have to do is. I think Truffaut said it. You put 99% of the people around you who know the, more about what they're doing than you do. Yeah. And you're in pretty good shape starting right. out. Right, He described it as a train leaving a station. The, regardless of whether you're on the platform on time, you need to latch onto that thing. <laughs> it's going to go. it's leaving. It's going to go. With or without you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, you know... Um, Will it go off the rails? Probably. Right. Probably. It's how you manage that crash, right? Rather than just sit there and watch it happen, right? You know. And he said, there's, you know, every film has its trials. There's always something, yeah. Always,
2: you know. Oh, I didn't even. I totally. God, I don't want to keep you here forever. I just. I don't know why this just popped in my head, but like, Saw is one yeah. of like the fuck. That's another movie that just completely redefined a genre right. of, of film yeah. that you I mean that I feel, feel like Saw was sort of the beginning of the new era of like oh you can make an arty horror movie that actually is becomes like a worldwide phenomenon yeah. and isn't you know isn't just, when you were making it did you feel like oh we're just making this fun weird little movie and you know like yes. whatever
1: Yes I knew that James Juan had a great eye. He, as a director, he was a great artist. He drew all the f- all the set designs himself. I mean, he showed up to our first meeting with a with an artist's notebook filled with all the drawings. Mm-hmm. He, the, he, he'd drawn the m- the puppet and the mask and all the bathroom set and Adam's apartment, all of that stuff already well, ready to go. And he built the puppet. He would traveled with it from Australia, and actually he actually booked a seat for it because. <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't want to put it in luggage in case it got crushed by by <laughs> luggage handlers. Like, uh, that scared the can shit. You, can you imagine? Yeah. And um, and so I knew that it, it was definitely original, uh, but w- w- we had no idea with that when we shot in eighteen days. Oh my! God. Cost like a million two hundred thousand dollars. Oh my god!
2: And
3: it's we shot just- it shot
1: all at the Cagney and Lacey studios right on the five right here. Oh really? Cagney and Lacy Lacey Studios. Where yeah, shot Cagney. they shot Cagney
2: they and Lacy? It'd be it's weird right if they called it that and they didn't shoot Cagney and Lacy. Yeah, there it would be weird, like, right? Uh, no, it's him. it's right
1: by Dodger Stadium.
2: Oh wow! Yeah, and so it, again, was that just a uh, when you read the script? Did you did you kind of get what it was he was trying to do? Oh yeah,
1: okay. No, no, absolutely. But you know, we had time for maybe three three takes
2: tops. Right,
1: right. Do you
2: like working that way or do you like, like, because I imagine we work with a couple, it's like, okay, we got some time, we got a little <laughs> space, we're going to do this a few right.
1: times. It both work, they both have their pros and cons, Chris. Like, sitting around for too long can, can actually be, you know, even though, like, like Michael says, they, they pay you to sit around. Sitting around for too long is really, you start getting depressed, you're like thinking about the amount of money it's costing. Sure. You know, and, and uh, that can be stressful. Or, or just trying to keep your engine running. To, right. To, you know? Um, but speed is fine because it actually, is, I think, like television, um, it gives you less time to overthink stuff. Right. You know? Right. Actors, if you give them too much time in their trailer between setups or something, they'll <laughs> overanalyze it all. You know? Hark, <laughs> I hear the cannon roar. Right. right? <laughs> Can, Can we do that again? again? No, no, there's no, no time.: No. no, no. That's okay. No. Oh that was the one. Oh, that's what we're printing that.: Oh, Sure. Gary okay. was so funny when we did Dracula. <laughs> but my first line, he came up to me and whispered to me, he goes, "Are oh, you doing it like that, are you?" <laughs> did you know him before that? No?: No, that's and we what... became instant friends. I mean, he cracked me up. Yeah, He just hit me on the floor.
2: Yeah, I remember that you know, he was on the podcast maybe like four or five years ago. Great, and I realized when we started talking, like I didn't—I don't think I knew what your regular
1: voice was because yeah. he just—no, he's a, a freak of nature. He's so incredible. He becomes the part, yeah, and lives it, and sleeps it, and eats it, and <laughs> you know must be very tiring on his and his system. But he—he's so into it, yeah, and he's a natural. Some of us have to work really hard at it, and you look at him and you go, okay. He may. By the way, I'm sure he does do a lot of work to make sure. it look easy. But um, but it does seem like switching on a light bulb for him. It's unbelievable.
2: Right, right, right. Unbelievable. Yeah, I don't know. Acting is, acting is one of those weird things where I, it just... It's like, how do you know if you're doing it right? Like, how do you know? <laughs> That's you why know? they it's have like, a director. Yeah, of course. I know. But still, like, how do you... Like...
1: Mel, Mel would come up and joke with it. he go,
2: all right, in this ne-
1: next take... Stuck less, Okay. <laughs> Action. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. You know?
0: That is fantastic. <laughs> you know? Yeah.
2: You got to teach me how to do the Michael Caine at some yeah. point, though. Okay. I just... You're good with voice. No, nah, just... Yeah. I could do a couple here and there, but it's just the... Uh, the the one that I when I whenever I hear Michael Caine now I, all I can hear in my head is Master Wine like it's that <laughs> right. I just hear him as Alfred now Master White you know yeah, like yeah. in it, it but the guy it he must have done like two hundred is he still working I just finished a movie with the oh, guy this just happened yes oh I didn't realize this was like literally just literally happened just
1: happened oh my
2: god yeah
1: and does he, does he loves it oh fantastic I mean he's like on it never forgot a line. Never missed a mark. Nothing. He's totally, I mean, dude, he's been doing it forever. Right. You know? Right. Like I said, these guys came up through the theater. Yeah. So they're, like, so professional. Do you envision yourself as someone when you're, you know,
2: 85, you're like, I'm still going <laughs> to get out there, and I then- don't
1: know. I don't know. That's a good question, Chris. Um, I don't know. I you just don't, don't know. know. You won't know until you get there. Yeah. If I start forgetting dialogue, that would be the time to quit. that would not be good, right, you know, yeah, alzheimer's early alzheimer's right, yeah, you
2: don't, you don't like do that. you you wouldn't yeah because obviously you, you probably feel bad for the
1: production, you totally wanna, yeah, you know the old guys like they're all waiting on you to say your line, right, like, don't remember it that's ah, carrie, we got gotta, you gotta yeah. give him that. we'll idea. shoot around him yeah.
3: <laughs> just shoot from the back of his head, and we'll dub it later. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just all your Both lines ever, are just like your shoulder. That's just a, it. Yeah, just, just like nod. nodding up and down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they get a sound alike. Yeah. Are you? What, lastly, like, what are you excited about right now? Like, what what makes you happy? Like, what makes you, daughter, you joyful? The oh, greatest that's nice.
1: Production I'll ever do. She's a little over budget. She's right <laughs> on schedule, and uh, the best thing I'll ever do. Best. How she's old is she? Greatest. She's twelve. She's about to star in. Um, the Little Mermaid in her school. She's Fantastic. playing Sebastian. She gets the best song. She gets to play Sebastian. Sebastian, which is, she has the best song. She has Kiss the Girl and and uh, and uh, Under the Sea. She's great. And she loves it. And she's totally into it. And, and a joy. Good. She's a, smarter than I am. I'm so proud of her. She's so much smarter than I was growing up. I look at my homework and how, how I thought it was tough. What I had to learn at her age. She's learned algebra and is like, nailing it. Right. You know. Yeah. And I'm thinking, how the heck? How I? I she would come and ask me for help. I'm like, you're. I'm the wrong guy to ask. I'm telling you.
2: You know. That's really nice. I'm glad to hear that.
1: She's amazing.
2: I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I, I really can't thank you enough no, for thank coming you. all the way out here. I know you live way across town. It was nice for you to pop by. Are and...
1: you kidding? Come and see this horrible place <laughs> that you work in? My <laughs> God. This loathsome <laughs> filthy rundown dump <laughs> you if you're know, not, if you if you're listening to this podcast and wondering where we're doing it from we're doing it from one of the great hollywood mansions absolutely stunning what you've done with this place oh yours. thanks it's absolutely amazing thank you yeah we
2: just we like to you know we like to renovate we no, like to renovate you know what
1: the- hollywood as you know there's so little left over yeah now you know i mean when they taught ampic fair that was like a how they could let that happen is amazing to me but the fine line between what real estate developers feel is important to to preserve and what they feel is worth turning into a parking lot is to me a, a travesty in 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 terms of preservation in this yeah in this country and luckily in england they're very careful about that right we have a lot more history thank god but if you you know when john cleese dies they're going to put a blue plaque on his apartment saying john cleese lived here right and you're yeah. not allowed to
0: yeah, not don't touch
1: it, this. Touch it. Yeah,
2: don't touch this. Leave it the yeah. way it was.
1: Yeah. And to me, there's so much great architecture in America, especially out here, given all the, as we talked about, the whimsical designs that people came up with. Yeah. To me, if you're 50 to 100 years old, you have a right to stay up, and not just stay up, be preserved and, right. and protected. Yeah. And I love that you're doing that. Oh, thank it's you. It's
2: absolutely beautiful. Yeah, we're trying. You know, we're trying. It's like there, there is a... Um, I don't know. I we're just not like a a business first. Like I guess the developers, you know, it's like oh, we gotta we gotta put up another right. one of these glass boxes, and I guess financially that no. makes a lot of sense. But
1: no, you gotta do it. And by the way, when you're restoring, as you know, old houses, you have to find craftsmen who know what they're doing. Yes, those people are. Real artists, and they don't come cheap because they have their craft has been passed down from generation to generation. Yeah, and there are a few people who know how to put a tin ceiling in. And well, know, but, but every, or, you but, know, yeah,
2: but but what happens is every fucking time, <laughs> like there's there doesn't really seem to be like a standardized way that everything works. No matter what tradesman or, right. or craft person comes in, they all say the same thing, which is like, who did this? Why? Why
1: did they? Right. I don't know
2: why. they. It's right. always wrong. Always.
1: Always wrong. I'm oh, sorry. But it's the same in England. I'm oh, sorry. All electricity's got to come out. I mean, I don't know who told you could <laughs> do that. All, Wait, of no, all of it? All of it. Oh, all of it, weird. including the neighbors, because they're oh. actually going to affect the electricity. <laughs> so we'll have to talk to them. No, it's 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 a nightmare.
2: It's a, I mean, it's because, a, non-s-, it's know, a non-stop process. And you just have to yeah, be... Go with it. We're renovating a structure now that's on... Well... It's like there's a carport underneath, so it's like on stilts or whatever. Right. And we just discovered that what we thought were the support beams, no. like in the thing, aren't connected to anything. You're like joking. it basically just set it on these stilts, no. like a fucking dollhouse. No, that's sort of the thing that you have to get comfortable with, is like because you said your mom was an interior designer. Right. Did that involve like not, like was it just furniture? Or did would she like Everything. knock
1: down? No, no, no. You
2: enough. never know what's going to happen when you open
1: up a wall. Never know. You never know. You know. And she worked really hard at it. And she would bring us to the sites, of course, because you know if we had time off from school, and we'd go with her to work. And so, and sometimes she put us to work, yeah. you know, which was fun. Um, I've done plastering, I've nice. you know, put pipes in the bathroom and things like that. It's it's good to learn some kind of trade, helpful. Yeah. Anyway, but she was, she really was uh, got some great clients and did some amazing work. And so I grew up around that. That's why I can tell when I see what you guys do. I'm like, okay, these guys are into it. I mean, Lydia's choice of wallpaper is fantastic. She
2: is a wallpaper yeah, fabulous. goddess. No. Like, she just finds these. this wallpaper that's in the great. podcast room we have in our in a small little coat closet in our it's house, great. and she found it. She's uh, great. She was like, I got extra if you want it. No, but everything. Yeah. The
1: furniture, the, everything. It's so
2: fun. Nice. Well, thank you. Well, I, I hope... Uh, I hope to see you again yes, soon. Me too. Just the nicest guy. Oh, thank you. And and it, and it, especially like at those events that we go to. Thank you. Like Chris. I I always, I, like I immediately. I don't know if anyone feels comfortable with those things. <laughs> you know, it's like if anyone feels comfortable, right. they're probably a sociopath. Right, right. Um, but it's like I always like to. It's like oh, they're nice. I'm gonna go, and I, I just I, I they're like a handful of people that I see that are just like little ports right. in a, in this storm of all this weirdness that's going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are you, you
1: are you pretty used to that stuff? No, by now? we don't go out much at all. We yeah. go in Malibu, so we're very don't you know we only do them when when it's necessary, right? So when they're actually just as awkward as you imagine at yeah. these things, because we don't do them a lot. Yeah.
2: And you're seeing people that sometimes you only see at these events. Right. So you don't know what to...
1: No, but it's nice to see old friends and stuff. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, um, I'd rather be with my kids. Of course. You know. Of course. My wife. But, and if they're not with me, it's always weird. But luckily, I you know, I bring my wife on. She gets to come to most of them. But, um... Yeah, it's a, it's
2: always very, I, I I it's it's a whole it basically oh. it's a whole other type of dress up and play pretend. <laughs> that's yeah, I am a confident person, right? And uh, I totally belong here, right? right and right. I feel totally comfortable here right now. Like right. that's the that's as the I thing as re- I posted trying to look suave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Could you just in in uh, as Michael Caney a voice <laughs> as possible? Just end this with a Master Wayne or some okay. kind of like um, yeah.
3: Be like a duck. Calm on the surface, but always paddling like the dickens underneath.
2: Is that in the acting thing? Yeah.
3: Save your money. You're going to need twice as much money in your old age as you think.
2: <laughs> this, you don't have to read this whole thing because it's long, but it does have the Master Wayne in it.
3: With respect, Master Wayne. Perhaps this is a man that you don't fully understand either. A long time ago, I was in Burma. My friends were out and I were working for the local government. And we were trying to buy the loyalty of tribal leaders by bribing them with precious stones. But the caravans were being raided in a forest north of Rangoon by a bandit. So we went looking for the stones. But in six months, we never met anybody who traded with him. One day, I saw a child playing with a ruby the size of a tangerine. The bandit had been throwing him away.
2: <laughs> Superb Superb And also You would also get extra points for like Excellent cold reading <laughs> As Michael Caine As Alfred <laughs> There's no better way to end this Thank I, I, I feel you, like but... I should just quit the podcast now it's, I don't know if it's ever going to get better than that But I really appreciate that you did that <laughs> My pleasure Thank you Carrie. Good Thank to see you, you. The end well, What a joy Thank you. Would you mind oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, sure. Would you mind signing our,
1: our guest book? Of course. But of course. But of course. Did you ever see The Man Who Would Be King? Oh, yeah, yeah of course. Right? I, I picked his brain about that. He goes, he goes,
3: Yeah, you know, it was so funny. The first day on the set, I said to John Houston, I said, How was that tight? Was that good? And you know what he said to me? I said, No, Michael. What did he say? He said, He said, you are being paid a lot more money than me, so you should know what the bloody hell you're doing. (laughs) Oh,
2: shit. That's not what I was expecting. All right, I'll just... uh, All right. There you go.
0: ID 10T scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito.